It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I want to ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joining me on the other line, my guy, Harrison Sanford, the co-host of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. How you doing today, Harrison? I'm doing well, doing well. It's uh, it's a Lakers game day. Uh, Wednesday night against the Pelicans, not as exciting as it should have been. No Zion, I think Lonzo's not playing. But for the most part, every day that there's basketball on, I'm in a good mood. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, basketball is on today. Tomorrow, uh, Thanksgiving Day, there won't be any basketball. But the, the day after that, uh, the, the, the Wizards will be uh, rolling into La La Land to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. And so I, I thought it would be great to, to have you on to, uh, to, to kind of give Wizards fans a little bit of a preview of uh, that Lakers game and, and to get some insight from somebody who, you know, is around the team, who, uh, you know, you're co-hosting the show with uh, Danny Green. So you have a lot of insight as to the things that are going on uh, with the Lakers. But uh, first, I want I want you to uh, talk about uh, – the show that you have going on with Danny, now, I've been following uh, since you guys were uh, doing it in Toronto last year, and, and now you guys are moving over uh, to Spectrum Sports in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, please, just, just talk uh, to the people a little bit about Inside the Green Room with, uh, with Danny Green and, and, and how that show uh, came to be. Well, I've been in media uh, ever since I got out of school, so uh, it's over a decade now. And most recently, before I started doing the podcast with Danny, I was in Ohio covering the Cavaliers, uh, covering Ohio State football and things of that nature. Uh, but I had the opportunity to bring him the to bring him this po- the podcast, uh, and he was down with it because he's trying to get into broadcasting when he's done playing. He's not old, but he's getting older, uh, so he wants to get some good reps in. And uh, so we started from there. We did our first podcast right after he got traded to the Raptors. Uh, so it was pretty cool last year being able to interview a lot of the guys on the team, getting to know them uh, as they went on to win a championship. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, as much as I love Toronto, as much as Danny did, it, it didn't work out there, but he's in a pretty good situation now with the Lakers. Uh, so the podcast slash video show, video series, uh, is now with Spectrum Sportsnet. We debut it uh, here in the L.A. market uh after a Lakers post-game show, and then we released it on all the podcast apps and obviously still on YouTube as well. Uh, it's been fun. I've known Danny for over 15 years, so it's a basketball podcast, but in reality we're just two friends who talk about things related to basketball. Uh, so it's been fun. Looking forward to continuing to do more. We, we recently had uh, Dwight Howard and Kendra Perkins on the show, and we'll be t- back in the studio soon once they get back from this road trip, which would actually start Friday when they see the, see the Wizards. Yeah, and that, I think, you know, one of the things I love about watching you guys' show is, first of all, I, the key thing there is watching it. So it's, it's, a, it's a video podcast that you all, you know, you know d- developed, like you said, uh, in Toronto last year, and, and now you're out in L.A. in the bright lights. you got a fancy studio now. But just like you said, though, it, it's, it's really just two friends, you know, just kind of talking hoops. And so you know you you have you have your experience as a as a as a media member, and then you have uh, Danny Green's experience as a guy who's actually inside the locker room, actually you know uh, uh, playing these games. 
And so, you know, and, and Danny Green, he's he's a he's a very quality NBA player. Like, you know, he he's a he's an integral piece of, you know, the Raptors winning the championship last year, and he's obviously been a very integral piece in uh, the what, what the Lakers are trying to put together this year. So, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a fan of the podcast just in general, and and one one of the things that I love about it is that you guys really break down, you know, a lot of the things that are going on inside the the the, the line. So like breaking down the X's and O's of the game and really just giving uh, more insight that, that the uh, fans really don't get a chance to see. Yeah, I think that's that's the benefit that uh, that we have with the podcast. The whole idea was for everybody to feel like they're a friend of an NBA basketball player. And in reality, Danny and I are friends, you know, because we've known each other for 15 years. So I have no problem asking the questions that you would really want to ask Danny if you – if you or NBA player, if you were close to them, and Danny's obviously savvy enough to give enough without upsetting the locker room or any uh, personnel by what he by what he says and what he gives away. But at the same time, he knows you know part of the appeal in doing this is pulling back the curtain a little bit. So we try to do as much as we can, uh, and it's been fun. And obviously, we continue will continue to do more. And obviously, with us being in LA. On top of teammates coming on the show, I assume there'll be some celebrities coming in every now and again. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, uh, I, I, I was talking to you beforehand about the the last episode with Kendrick Perk, and I just I almost died laughing when Perk was telling that story about the whole Drake beef from a couple <laughs> of years ago. I mean, that that was some A one content right there. And, and for all the listeners of the Locked On Wizards podcast, you guys should definitely go check out that uh, particular episode. It was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Kendrick Perkins is is raw in a good way for sure. <laughs> of course, of course. But uh, yeah, let, let, let's go ahead and and actually uh, preview the uh, the Wizards taking on the uh, the Lakers. And I think when when we talk about that game, we have to talk about the fact that the the, the Lakers are coming in. Um, you know, and what we're talking right now, they have the number one defensive rating in the entire NBA. And you know, I think that that would be a good challenge for the Wizards. Who actually come in with the with the number two offensive rating in the entire NBA, and I think that a lot of people around the league are very surprised about how uh, the Wizards have been playing uh, on the offensive end coming into this season. Uh, what 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 do you think is uh, the the biggest thing that allowed for the Lakers defense to have been so successful this season? And, and do you think that it'll be a, an interesting matchup to see a top notch uh, uh, defense like the Lakers try to shut down? Uh, what has been a potent Wizards offense so far? You know, what's interesting when I always look at uh, offensive and defensive ratings is also qualifying what the pace is. So you could have a really good defensive team, or you have a really good offensive team, but if they're playing at a pace, that also helps that, that you know, that, that could accentuate how good they are on offense. And the same might be with defense um, as you look at the Lakers. Uh, as I evaluate just the matchup in general, it'll be interesting to see um, how – the guards for the Lakers, Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, since A.B. Bradley won't be playing, is how they're able to contain Bradley Beal, Isaiah Thomas, Jordan McRae, whoever's going to handle the ball for the Wizards, and trying to see if they can keep the pace at a slower mark so that it doesn't get uh, doesn't go too up and down. Now, the Lakers have been more willing to push the pace recently with Rajon Rondo getting more and more minutes. Uh, that's kind of the style that he likes to operate operate in. But for the most part, because LeBron is playing point guard, uh, you could see that he's very much in control of the pace. Still, they'll push it off the steal and every now and again off a rebound. But for the most part, uh, they're, they're, they're a half-court execution team and run-off turnover type of team. And so how much can they force the Wizards into bad shots uh, will dictate how the speed of the game goes. And obviously with the, I guess we would say, talent disparity, uh, it would seem as if the, <laughs> it would seem as if the game is going to go on the Lakers' uh, pace, which would be push the ball off misses and off turnovers, and then the half court um, just run the offense, particularly through LeBron and AD. Yeah, well, I think uh, the playing at a fast pace is something that the Wizards have uh, they they've been really good at this year. Uh, but I don't think that's been something that they've, like, come into the year, like, saying, oh, we're going to play fast. I think they've just been playing fast out of necessity because they really can't stop anybody. 
So at the end of the day, like, you know, they, they, they're playing these games where, you know, the, the scores are, you know, 150 to one, 159 or 158 in regulation. You know, they, they're, they're giving up on average uh, 122 points a game, which is most in the, uh, in the league right now. And so what, what, what ends up happening is with the Wizards, I mean, they're, they're just getting the ball, uh, and they're taking the ball out of the net literally uh, every time because they're allowing teams to score. So, you know, I think when, when you talk about LeBron being able to come out and, and push the pace against the Wizards, I mean, he, he's going to pretty much be able to do whatever it is that he wants against them because they, they have very little resistance when it comes to what, what they're able to do on the defensive end. But uh, I, I want to talk to you, but what, what, what do you think that Frank Vogel has done so far as the head coach in getting the, the Lakers uh, to buy into his defensive scheme and, and really allowing them to, to, to kind of – just, just be a, a menace out there and, and really disrupting a lot of opposing teams' offenses. Well, I think one of it, uh, one of the, the things that really helped, helped the Lakers' defense in terms of Frank Vogel's uh, impact on the team, I think a lot of the talk to some of the players, uh, they were impressed by his level of detail that he came to with the season, uh, just from understanding the coverages that they wanted to put down and understanding the principles that they wanted to have. He was very forceful, or, or not necessarily forceful, but very – uh, detailed in that manner. So I think a lot of players came away impressed uh, by by his overall approach to the defensive side of the ball. And then secondly, this is a team with championship aspirations. LeBron's in year 17. Uh, Danny Green just came off of winning a chip. Rajon Rondo has won a chip. Anthony Davis is tired of being known as a guy who puts up monsters, box scores, but doesn't do anything in the playoffs. Dwight Howard's on the last couple, you know, maybe in the last year of his career, last couple years of his career. It's time to win a chip, and I think when you get to that level, you got guys who've already won the title, they all understand that defense is going to win them a championship. I don't think, as much as the Lakers' offense has has still has a ways to improve, I think they these guys all understand they're not going anywhere without playing a certain level of defense. So if you add in the level of detail that came from Bank Vogel and then you add in just the championship DNA from a lot of the players on the roster and the aspirations that they have in terms of their leg- individual legacies, you're going to get those guys to buy in on the defensive side of the ball. Somebody who won't play in the game but who's been very key to the Lakers' defense is Davey Bradley. I don't think a lot of Lakers fans thought he'd be a starting quote-unquote point guard for the team um, going into the off season, but then once they were able to pick him up, and Avery Bradley's been a talented defender when it comes to point guard defense, shooting guard defense, his entire career. You throw him into the mix, he's trying to win a title. Um, I think those all those guys with the integrity that they have on that side of the ball mixed in with the detailed nature that Frank Vogel's always had back to his days with the Indiana Pacers. It's a perfect mesh, and it doesn't. It should really shouldn't surprise anybody why they've been so good on the defensive side of the ball, and that those are the key reasons why. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not surprised because, you know, I, I remember uh, when Frank Vogel was with the Pacers, and so, you know, the, the, the Wizards back in the day, they used to have a lot of battles with, uh, with, with Indiana. They even played in a, in a, in a very contested playoff series uh, back in 2014. But, you know, Frank Vogel, I, I always thought that he, he was a very sharp uh, defensive-minded coach and, you know, I, I, I don't know what happened in the whole Orlando situation. Uh, I think that a lot of that had to do with, you know, their their uh, personnel or lack thereof uh, rather than, you know, so much as his uh, coaching style. And I think that, you know, uh, he's exhibiting that uh, with, with the success that, uh, the, the, that the Lakers are having this season. Uh, what, one of the players that you mentioned uh, who is a part of the defensive success of the Lakers this year I want to talk about is uh, Dwight Howard who was actually a Washington Wizard last year. And so I think that it was very interesting how Dwight even got to the Lakers because um, the, the Wizards, they, he, they actually gave him a, a two-year, $10 million uh, contract last year, which had a player option in it. And so, of course, at the end of the season, you know, Dwight Howard, he didn't really know uh, what his career would hold, so he opted into that contract. Uh, but the Wizards actually traded him to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies for C.J. Miles, and then the Grizzlies ended up uh, uh, releasing Dwight Howard uh, because, you know, it, I, I guess that they didn't really see a fit for him uh, within their system, within their rebuild. And so that opened the door for Dwight Howard to be able to sign with uh, any team in the league. And, you know, from my understanding, I don't think that there were a, a ton of offers out there for him. But I think after the DeMarcus Cousins injury, that opened up a, a slot for him with the, with the Lakers. 
And, you know, he, from, from my uh, point of view, I mean, Dwight has played exceptionally well with the Lakers so far this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's really buying into his role as, uh, a, as just a rim-running big and, and, and a rebounder and, and protecting uh, the paint. You know, if he could just do those three things, like he, he doesn't have to worry about having to do anything else. He doesn't have to worry about getting uh, touches. He doesn't have to, you know, uh, force any touches. Like, if he just does those things, like, he, he will be a successful player. What, what, what has been your initial impression of uh, Dwight Howard's uh, tenure as a Laker? Well, I'm very impressed with how Dwight had – with his whole approach to the season uh, in general. We had him on the show, and he talked about uh, when he – met the Lakers the initial time, uh, you know, a player of his caliber, regardless of wherever he was in free agency, a lot of players of his caliber, they, he just says, hey, I'm willing to come to the Lakers. You, I'll take the veteran's minimum. I don't need to do a workout. You guys already know my work. You know my worth. Well, he went in, he went in there and he did a workout in front of the Lakers, in front of the front office as they watched him intensely. Um, that's, you know, that's one thing. The next thing is understanding what his role on the team would be. And the, the one thing I loved about his approach is as opposed to saying this is my role, he's like, no, this is my purpose on the court. My purpose is to rebound. My purpose is to set quality screens. My purpose is to play high-level defense in the minutes that I get. And his whole mental approach and then obviously his physical makeup, losing some weight has probably helped him, you know, remain fresh throughout the course of this early season. And the minutes that he gets is kind of – it's, I didn't envision it like this, but what's been happening is he won't play any minutes in the first quarter. It's Jamel McGee, and then they go to the small ball lineup with Kyle Kuzma. But once that second quarter starts, he's out there, and he's just been a force. I mean, Dwight Howard, for as much as for as much flack that he gets, Dwight Howard is going to dominate a lot of second unit centers. Um, and that's exactly what's been going on so far from a physical standpoint. When you have LeBron attracting the attention that he does, when you have Anthony Davis attracting the attention that he does, when you have the, the, the way the defense is kind of made up, or the way the defense is structured, they want people coming into the paint. And Dwight Howard is, is still a quality defender. Uh, he's, the team in general, the Lakers have had more trouble when they've seen big men that could shoot threes so maybe a Davis Bertans might cause us some problems. Maybe a Mo Bogdan might cause some problems Friday night. But overall, what he has to do out there is very should be easy for him to accomplish as long as he's healthy, as long as he accepts the role. That's what he's done so far. Yeah, no, I think that when when I, one of the things that I noticed about Dwight Howard last year when he was with NBC is that you know he could still play. I think that the biggest thing was always uh, concerns about his health, and so. Um, you know, with him losing all the weight that he has, I mean, he he physically looks like a different person than the guy who showed up in D.C. Uh, at media day last year. And so I think that that was a big shock for a lot of Wizards fans when he showed up. You know, he looked uh, kind of bulky, and he had a back injury. And so he never really even got a chance to, to get off the ground with the Wizards. He only played nine games total last year. And, you know, I can attest that, you know, Dwight was in the Wizards facility working out, out pretty much like every day last year trying to get back on the court. But, you know, his back just wouldn't allow it last year. And so I think that, you know, with him losing that weight and him kind of, you know, changing his physical appearance, it has really allowed him to kind of blossom on the floor this year. What do you think about about Dwight and, you know, the weight that he's lost and really how he's just looked physically this season? He looks great, man. He looks great. He's fluid. Um, and he's and the crazy thing about regardless of all the weight that he's lost, he, he still looks. I mean, I know I'm not I'm not the biggest person in the world. I'm not even close to it. But he still is imposing <laughs> when you stand <laughs> next to him. He's still huge. Uh, he can still push people around. Um, and so he's still got he's got that grown man strength regardless of how much weight he's lost. And uh, I think for the, for the purposes of what he has to do on the court. Uh, his body, his body makeup is perfect. He, cause the Lakers still want to run in transition, and he's got to have the energy to do that. I mean, LeBron's going to throw the ball up above the rim. He's got to go up there and get it. And with the way that the ball gets funneled to the hoop defensively, he's got to be able to go up there and reject shots. So he's doing that as well. Uh, I think he's. I don't know who exactly he spoke with about his physical condition in terms of what body weight is best for him to play at. 
but it looks as if this is the perfect weight for him to be in the role that he has uh, on this team so far. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that if Dwight uh, continues to, you know, stay in the, the great physical shape that he's in right now, I think that he's going to be a, a highly contributing piece to, uh, to, to the Lakers' uh, championship journey coming up in the spring. And so I think that when, when you look at what the Lakers have as a backup center in Dwight Howard, I think that he fits perfectly to their timeline and what their objectives are for the year. And so there, there's another backup center who used to be a Laker and who is now a wizard, and that's uh, Mo Wagner. And I think that uh, he, he really did not fit uh, the Lakers' timeline. And I think there were also some you know, financial implications involved with the Lakers trying to clear enough uh, salary cap space so they could work that Anthony Davis trade. And, and so, so they ended up trading uh, Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga and Jamario Jones from the Lakers to the Wizards basically to, to clear up that cap space to facilitate that Anthony Davis trade. And so that, that, that will be two summers in a row that the Wizards have gotten a, a Lakers cast off big men, uh, Thomas Bryant last year, who, who was a former Lakers draft pick, and now uh, Mo Wagner. So the, the whole uh, Wizards center rotation are, are <laughs> former Lakers. But I, I wanted to talk to you about what, what, what do you think about the, the Lakers uh, making that move to, to, you know, get rid of a player like Mo Wagner? And do you think that they will have any regrets uh, going forward uh, uh, of letting go a player who is showing uh, some real flags this year? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the Lakers kind of bet on the present versus the future. I- I'm of the mindset that, man, that trade that they did with the Pelicans, giving away all that young talent, if they don't win the title with Anthony Davis, it's going to be a loss. Uh, that they- Those guys – I, I obviously Lonzo Balls has a hard time staying on the court. Brandon Ingram's look good though, um, and then Josh Hart looks like a guy. He, he's, I don't think he'll ever be a star, but he looks like a guy who could be in the league for over a decade just as a solid role-playing uh, guard. Um, and then obviously giving up Mo Wagner. I think if you look at the Lakers roster uh, makeup, they don't have a big that can shoot the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they'll be able to move forward with having that element missing in their in their roster. I mean, no roster is perfect uh, for the most part, but it is interesting that they don't have uh, that type of role player in their lineup. Obviously, Magic Johnson in the front office made that move uh, for Mike Muscala last year. That was a failure, obviously, because he's not even on the roster anymore. I think he's an OKC now. Uh, but for the most part, I think the Lakers had to do what they had to do. They're trying to win now. If you have LeBron James, that's you have to do. And if that means you have to give up a talented young big man who has some unique skills for his size, then it just is what it is. Again, it really nobody's thinking about it now because the Lakers are one of the best teams in the NBA. So it really doesn't hurt too much. But if you don't win a title this year, or you don't get close, you don't get close to a title this year, and maybe maybe you don't win the following year after that. Then you start thinking about, dang, we gave away this nice quality young player on a rookie-scale contract. We gave away, you know, in Mo Wagner. We, we traded away Brandon Ingram. We traded away Lonzo Ball. We traded away Josh Hart. And that's when you really start to feel the hurt of making those moves. But if you win a title, it's all forgotten. You don't care about it. It is what it is. You gave up, <laughs> you know, it is yep. we having another parade down Figueroa. It's all good. But if that doesn't happen, that's when you really start to think about it. And the way they're positioned now, I mean, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, maybe even still Raptors, um, those are 76ers probably. Those are the teams that you're really thinking about winning a title this year. So just just being in that conversation right now, it's worth it. Win a title, yeah. definitely worth it. Don't win a title, then you start thinking about it more. Yeah, no, I mean – but I think that you, 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 there's a key thing that you said. I mean, once once they added LeBron James to their roster, I mean that they they, they pretty much gave up being able to play future games. Like you know, I think mm-hmm. they're they're betting it all on the present right now. But that that was you know this is a cause and effect of of signing LeBron James, they, and they knew what they signed up for. So you know, I, I think and and you hit the nail on the head when you say that you know if they don't win a championship, then you know this is all going to be a failure. But I think that. You know, this is a bet that I think that that 30 out of 30 NBA teams would make. For sure. If you have LeBron James, you got to roll up the stakes and try to go for it all. And so I I believe that this is one of those rare situations 
when at least I know with the with the Anthony Davis trade going to New Orleans, I think that you know that there, there's still some things that could play out with that. But with how the the, the Wizards, uh, you know, have Mo Wagner now and the uh, Dwight Howard went from the Wizards to the Lakers, I think that that is a move. Those two moves, uh, even though they're not, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, together tied together, but I think that both teams can say that you know they they are mutually beneficial for both teams. So whereas the Wizards are a young developing team, you know they they could very much use. Uh, 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 a young player like Mo Wagner, who has a very unique skill set as a shooting big, and the Lakers could use uh, Dwight Howard uh, as a defensive maven and somebody who had, you know, a championship experience. You know, he he, he took his Orlando Magic team to the finals in, in 2009, so he he's been, you know, in big games. He's played in a lot of playoff games. He's obviously a future first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think that those those two moves work out for. For, for both teams, respectively. Yeah, it's it's rare in the NBA where you could really say everybody won, but I think anybody involved in this Anthony Davis transaction uh, can say that they've benefited from it, which is pretty cool to see. Usually there's a major loser and there's a major, major winner, but right now I think everybody has to be happy with this. And, you know, I haven't I, – forgive me, I haven't watched too many Wizards games, <laughs> so I don't know how much Mo Wagner has been used as a passer in the high post. But that's also something that is in his skill set as well. I remember watching him at Michigan, and uh, him and Danny Green actually share uh, the same agent, or have at least for, in the past couple of years. So I'm pretty familiar with his game. And so Mo Wagner seems like somebody, you know, with the right development, which is always key. The development part, the coaching staff around him is key. But if he's a guy that could step out, hit the jumper, operate out the high post, would turn into somebody who's kind of like another another passer, another play initiator in the half court set, that's a valuable player to have, especially on a rookie sale contract. Yeah, nah, I mean, I think that when you're really hitting on it with the, the rookie scale contract, and so the, he was a first-round draft pick last year, so the, the Wizards still have his rights for, for three more years at that, at that, you know, that $1 million or I think like $1.7 million rate. I mean, and, and, and the thing that he has in Washington, what he did not have in L.A., and I don't think he would have had this year even, is the playing time opportunity there. So, you know, the, the best way for young players to kind of grow into who they uh, want to be as professionals is to just get out there on the court and play. And so the Wizards have afforded him that opportunity to actually get out there and, and you know, play some 20 to 25 minutes a night. Well, I don't think that that was ever really going to be a possibility uh, uh, with the Lakers, uh, uh, considering you know what what they're chasing for uh, for this season. And so, when, when you look at the Lakers being 15 and, and two uh, right now on the season, do do you think that their play is going to be sustainable? Like you know, they're they're LeBron is expending a lot of energy. You know, uh, Anthony Davis. You know, I know he he he's he's been battling some shoulder injuries, but he's been playing through them. Because I think that the Lakers understand that, you know, that, that, that it's very important to get out and get a, a home court advantage and to have a good record because how st- stacked up the Western Conference is. But, but do you think that the way that they're playing right now is something that can be sustainable over the course of the full 82-game season? You know what? It's, a lot of people look at LeBron's age, look how long he's played in the league, and they're kind of skeptical that he could keep playing uh, at this rate. But, I'm of the mindset that I think he might be able to pull it off. Um, I was in Ohio when he played that his last year there, where he was where he where he played all the games during this regular season. They were they struggled to finish off the Pacers in that first round series, but he was balling, man. And obviously, he didn't play defense like we've known LeBron to play defense. But Anthony Davis is a, is a superstar in his own right, and LeBron does. I mean, it, it's a fair argument to say Anthony Davis is the best player that LeBron's ever played with. Um, so you have somebody that you can rely on offensively, and with LeBron playing point guard, yeah, people might say it's to, you know uh, extra toil on his body, but it also means he has even more control on the pace of the game. So if he wants, you know, if he wants to slow things down, he could do that. He he's he's controlling the offense. Um, and then another thing that's interesting about the Lakers roster, and I didn't envision it like this, but this is how it's turning out to be: they're playing. 12 guys in the game. It's not out, it's not out the realm of possibility that 12 guys hit the court before halftime. And you know, Alex Carew is getting playing time. Can Davis Caldwell Pope? He's you no know, now he's starting because Davy Bradley's on the mend. 
But even still, he was getting a lot of playing time. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's getting a lot of playing time. They're splashing in J.R. Dudley. JaVel McGee's starting. Dwight Howard's coming off the bench. Yeah, Troy uh, Daniels is getting some minutes. <laughs> Troy Daniels gets – yeah, Troy da- – when the season started, I don't think anybody envisioned Troy Daniels getting minutes unless it was garbage time. No, Troy Daniels could be in the game in the second quarter. And that's um, – I think the coaching staff is doing that to keep bodies fresh over the course of an 82-game season. And obviously Troy Daniels is not initiating the offense. But if you have – if you're giving players playing time – Nobody's going to feel overly taxed. Uh, somebody else can, you know, somebody's going to come in there with a, a wealth of energy and just give a boost to the entire roster. And then if the game gets out of hand, let's say, let's say they're winning by 15 points in the fourth quarter, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, because those guys have been getting reps all year, you know, maybe you just stick with the younger guys for the entire for the remainder of that fourth quarter. You don't need to put in the stars to close out a game if you're already up double digits because everybody's getting reps, everybody's getting minutes. Nobody feels uncomfortable on the court. And because of that, I think, and obviously it's LeBron, and usually when you go against LeBron or you think he can't do something, that's usually when you're wrong. <laughs> so, with those, <laughs> so with those two factors, you know, with, their, with, with them willing to play 12 men in the game before halftime and LeBron just being who he is and having Anthony Davis by his side versus, you know, when he was his last year in Cleveland when Kyrie was hurt and Kevin Love was hurt. Kevin Love wasn't performing at the level that we all expected him to. Well, I think he could pull it off. Um, maybe there is a little – maybe he dissipates a little bit. But for the most part, I think this is – this is um, I think it's sustainable. The one thing that is interesting, though, about their record so far, not necessarily about how he's playing, is that personally I don't feel like they've been challenged uh, yet. Outside of the opening game against the Clippers, uh, just from the roster makeup that they pass a play against, uh, I don't think they've been challenged so far. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs and how he sustains his energy when the schedule gets tougher. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, Le- LeBron, I would personally not bet against LeBron James. And, you know, I think that he's really playing into, you know, this whole narrative of uh, of people doubting him. And, and there were, I think I think that he, he he's really uh, kind of hyping up what, what were a little bit of whispers and murmurs. Of, yeah, he's uh, hyping LeBron it for sure. Being, you know, <laughs> Uh, uh, maybe slightly uh, scaling back a little bit, and it, somehow it turns to in LeBron's head that people are calling him washed. And like, Nobody's I, called him washed. That narrative really ever existed. <laughs> but what, hey, you know what? Whatever he has used as motivation for him to come out and play at a level that I mean, we've literally never seen from LeBron James before. Like the guy is leading the entire NBA in assists right now. So if if if, if he has to, you know, put up bulletin board material. Uh, you know, so so-called uh, uh, fans and so-called media members saying that he's washed, and you know that's more power to him. But I, I do believe that you know that, that the Lakers are going to be able to 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 play at the level they're playing at right now. And you know, you'll see after Christmas that time between Christmas and the All Star break, it, it'll be very interesting to see you know uh, uh, how much energy they're playing with. Uh, at that stage of the season, you know, I think that every NBA season kind of goes into a little bit of a lull, and then after the All Star break, everybody starts, you know, making that 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 little playoff push. But as you said, though, the Lakers have the requisite depth to, you know, to be able to sustain lulls in the dog days of the season. So I, I, I'm excited to to, to see uh, uh, what they can do. I know you're excited to, to to be out there in La La Land and and going to Lakers games and being able to watch the Wash King. And his, uh, his 18th season, and and literally playing some of his his best ball, it 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 it's literally amazing to see. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I think the thing that I've enjoyed about LeBron so far, so much this year, and I've I've, I've I was it, ever since LeBron made his second return to Ohio. That's when I moved to Ohio to cover uh, sports out there and watching his game. I think the thing that's so refreshing to me this year is that he's shooting the three ball with confidence. Um, when and when he's doing that, he's a different he's a different beast. And for what that, and obviously maybe it's because he's controlling the ball a lot more, being the quote unquote point guard of the team. Uh, when teams are going under that pick and roll, he's he's letting it fly. And when he's shooting with that level of confidence, and you get a motivated Anthony Davis, uh, even though I think Anthony Davis and the offense have the ways to go in terms of getting him the ball with more fluidity. Uh, I, I, it's an exciting team to watch. I just can't wait till they get 
challenged a bit more. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I agree with you too that you know there are uh, some some definitely some steps that the uh, Lakers can take to to help uh, Anthony Davis on the offensive end. I think that there are some spacing issues when you're trying to you know run a lot of those Anthony Davis post ups when you also have you know Javale or Dwight you know another center on the court with them. The the, the spacing issues become a little bit of a, uh, an issue. But uh, I do believe that, you know, th- th- this is regular season scheduling right now, regular season lineups, and that, you know, I think that we'll see a lot more of Anthony Davis at center uh, as the season progresses and definitely uh, going into the playoffs. And, and I, I feel like that will open up the, the floor a lot more for LeBron to, you know, be able to run that two-man game with, uh, with, with he and A.D., and you know, also that that's going to open up for 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 shooters like your boy Danny Green, and, and you know it, it makes his job really easy. All he's got to do is you know come out there, play play some defense, and and, and, and knock down those shots, which he has been doing this year. And you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh about about that that Danny Green uh, that putback dunk that he had <laughs> uh, <laughs> last week. That 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 was that was something amazing because you know it, it's it's crazy to think of the fact that. You know, Danny, he, he's a he's a legit, you know, six six NBA player. But once you get into that, you know, that role, he, I mean, he's literally, uh, you know, he, he's in the same mold of a of a of a Kyle Korver type of guy. Like he he's a shooter. And so when 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 you see a guy like that get get, get that dunk, what was your reaction to to, to Danny's uh, big dunk? <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. Is a lot of people were caught off guard. I was, you know, me and a couple of his friends, we were just like, finally. You know, finally, you show people that you can still jump. Um, obviously, like Danny, I think has you know forty inch vertical going into college. Uh, obviously, was never a posterizer. Obviously, he did that had that famous dunk over Greg Paulus when he was at North Carolina, um, and then he caught a banger. I think it was I guess it was three years ago against KD in the playoffs. Uh, but for the most part, I think he's probably just he's he's getting older and he's just kind of wise when he pulls it out. Um, obviously he did get a little boost. He did use Alan Crabb a little bit as a, you know, as a propeller to get up that <laughs> high. Um, but you know, it was cool to see for the most part, for the most part, when I watch him play and Danny and I talk about this, like how I try not to root for him for the most part. Uh, but when I see him play, all I want him to do is just not make any turnovers offensively when he gets put into positions where he has to handle the ball. And, and another thing is, you know, it's interesting. He's at the point now where, He's at peace when he does if he only gets five shots, and it's interesting, uh, just because as I watch them playing, we'll see it a lot Friday because I assume the pace will be high. He'll run to the corner, and his man will just follow him there on a transition possession, and he won't get a shot, and that's a shot he'll hit, and be just just his presence alone on the court makes it easier for LeBron to get to the rim. So Danny might have just as many points as whoever the starting shooting guard was last year for the Lakers, but his impact is totally different because now LeBron is getting a one-on-one fast-break possession because Danny's guy is running to the corner to make sure he doesn't get that three. I think I saw a stat the other day that I think Dan, uh, LeBron leads the league or Danny leads the lead or over the past decade in proficiency from the right corner three-pointer, and LeBron has the most assists passing to the right corner three-pointer uh, in the past decade. or some ridiculous stat like that. And it just shows how the functionality of the team works better for LeBron when you're surrounded by shooters. Whether they're shooting the ball or not, their presence alone allows LeBron to play at a peak level. Uh, so that's what we're seeing so far. I hope we continue to see it. I envision we're not going to see too many more Danny Dunks <laughs> <laughs> until the playoffs. But, hey, man, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, and he makes himself available to shoot the ball. Everything's good up until that. Everything is good. Yeah, no, I think that when you talk about you know the threat of Danny Green's uh, three point shooting ability, you know that serves as pretty much a gravitational pull on the court. So you know he just the threat of Danny, like it pulls defenders uh, towards him, and that pulls defenders away from LeBron, away from action. And so it allows anytime you're giving LeBron James more space to operate, you know that's a very uh, dangerous thing. And uh, but when you talk about uh, Danny Green's athleticism, it might not always show itself in his dunking ability. But one of the things that I do very much admire about Danny's game 
is the fact that he is a very solid NBA defender, and so he is very he's passed a lot of nights with guarding a lot of teams uh, best uh, uh, wing players. And so one of the players that he'll have to uh, guard on Friday will be uh, Bradley Bill. What do you think Danny feels when he goes into matchups like that, where he's where he's playing like a, a guy like Harden or or or, or Luka Doncic or, or 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 Bradley Bill? These guys, these young athletic uh, wing players who are averaging thirty points a game. Like, how, how does he relish those opportunities to come out and, and show that you know not only is he a, a knockdown shooter, but he's also a lockdown defender. Yeah, Danny actually takes a lot more pride on the defensive end than for his shooting. He only he didn't really become a knockdown shooter until he was you know, waved by the Cavs and then waved by the Spurs, and he was fighting for a spot in the league. And it was his defense that at least gave him a shot. It it was his ability to hit threes that made him stay in the league. But defense has been something that he really puts a lot of pride into. He grew up idolizing Gary Payton, um, and he was very upset last year that he didn't make an all-NBA first a defensive team, despite he had the most points for defensive team votes but couldn't crack in because of the because of the positional uh, requirements to make the team. For example, I think there was – he had more than another forward, but you can only have so many guards on right. the defensive team. So he was a little upset about that. Uh, but he's looking, he looks forward to it when it comes to defensive matchups like that, like Bradley Beal or James Harden. All he wants to do – just make sure he doesn't foul. If they hit a shot over him, it is what it is. He'll take it. Like, he could swallow a 30-piece, but he can't swallow a 30-piece if the guy got 15 free throws. That's when he'll get upset. If he hits crazy shots, I mean, this is a guy who's had to guard Tony Parker in practice, Manu Ginobili in practice, Kawhi Leonard in practice, play with LeBron for a little bit. So he understands when you're elite, you're going to score regardless. But when you start fouling, that's when he gets upset. And he's had, a, he's had some trouble this year with foul trouble. So we'll see what Bradley Beal can do, and this is another showing of how elite Bradley Beal can be, is if he can draw fouls against Danny, because that's something that Danny knows he can't do against somebody like Bradley Beal, who's the, funk, you know, he's the top scorer on the offense. And Danny's not going to – hopefully he doesn't give him too many opportunities to get to the free throw line. But if he does, that's going to be another quality showing for Bradley Beal because that's something that's going to allow the Lakers to allow the Wizards to stay in the game. Um, and Danny's not going to give him too many easy looks. Uh, so getting to the free throw line will probably be very important for the Wizards in terms of staying in the game. But he's obviously going to be excited for it. For the most part this year, he hasn't had too many major defensive responsibilities. They haven't played the Rockets yet. Um, and the teams that they have played, a lot of the times the best score on the opposing team was the point guard. Uh, and that was, that responsibility would usually go up to Avery Bradley. And even when they played against the Mavericks, it was Avery Bradley who guarded Luka Doncic a lot before Danny switched on to him. So I think this is going to be the first time Danny's going to have a marquee defensive matchup. And he's probably, knowing him, he's real excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Uh, I think that basketball fans in general, Wizards and Lakers fans, should be excited for that matchup. I, I do want to point out to uh, to all Lakers fans who who might be listening to this podcast that you know they, they can go ahead and quit and with, with the with the Bradley Bill trade uh, rumors <laughs> and uh, firing up the trade machine. You know, Bradley Bill went ahead and signed that extension, so you know he's off limits. So you know, tell you know us, uh, the Laker uh, meme uh, meme makers to go ahead and and take a chill pill and relax on on that note for, you know for at least else? one summer. <laughs> you know, you know who else really wants him bad? Uh, the the Toronto Raptors fan base really wants Bradley Beal. They want yeah. him bad. Yeah, the, the Raptors want him. That Miami Heat was another fan base that that really wanted him. You know, you start seeing these these graphics popping up and. And, and I mean the, the Photoshop game is on point. I got to give the fans credit for that. So, yeah, but but yeah, but at least, hey, at least one more year. Uh, Bradley Bill can't be traded because you know he just signed his extension. So you know we'll, it, it's something that at least Wizards fans will will be able to breathe a, a sigh of relief for for at least one season. <laughs> I, I guess I mean I guess it all comes down to when John Wall comes back. How good can those two guys look in the immediately before they have to consider trading either one of them, if not both. Uh, I guess it'll, I guess it'll all depend on how John Wall is. Cause obviously they're lo- it feels like they're, they're locked in to that backcourt 
or at least they should at least try it one more time with a healthy John Wall with maybe more perspective being on the bench for the entire year. Uh, maybe we'll see what they can do, but that's it looks like they're going to have to at least give it a, a one more world, I would assume at least, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they have much choice in that matter here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I think that, that that's just the, the dire nature of, of Wizards fandom at this point. But, you know, I, like I said, like, I think that the, the biggest thing that, uh, you know, Wizards fans can be excited for is being able to, to watch Bradley Bill come out there and, and, and play exceptionally uh, great basketball at this point. And, I mean, they're scoring a lot of points. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that will continue against the uh, number one defense uh, in the league on Friday. But, you know, either way, I know that it, it will be an exciting game. There, there has not been one Wizards game this year where the game was boring. So that you, I think you're, you're, you're going to be in for a treat. And for anybody who likes points, like, this is, this is going to be the, the game for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, between – I mean, obviously, uh, Davis Bertans could – end up causing a bit of issues, maybe even Mo Wagner can cause some issues for the Wizards because, I, as, as I was alluding to earlier, the Lakers have had a hard time recently with three-point te- shooting teams in general, and then overall their principles are to have Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee hang in the paint. So more, the more teams with more big men that can shoot the ball like Adavis Bertans, obviously you're going to make up – it's going to hurt on the interior when it comes to rebounding and things of that nature. But the Lakers have had some issues guarding three-point shooting big men um, so or three-point shooting teams in general. So we'll see how it works out. It should make for an entertaining game at some point, at least. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, it sounds like it'll be an opportunity for, for both teams to work on some things that they've been struggling on. For yep. sure. But, uh, Harrison, man, I greatly appreciate you for coming on and, and taking the time to, to break down uh, the Lakers uh, season uh, so far, you know, and, and, and really, I want to give you this opportunity right now to, to go ahead and, and plug yourself and plug your, uh, your, your show and let the Locked On Wizards fans know where they can find what, what in my opinion, is one of the, the, the best, the best player podcast uh, going in the game right now. Uh, yeah, I, well, I appreciate that one. Uh, it's, on, it's inside the green room with Danny Green on all your podcast apps. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. And then on Instagram, it's Inside Green Room. And then on Twitter, because somebody stole our name before we thought of it, which is unfortunate. But on Twitter, it's Green Room Inside. Uh, if you go to Danny Green's Twitter account, you'll probably see it there. If you go to my Twitter account, which is Harrison Sanford uh, or High Def Sanford on Instagram, you'll see it all over our feed. And hopefully you tune in over the course of the season. Obviously, we'll have Lakers on the show, but we'll also have uh, celebrities on the show that are based out in L.A., and then we'll probably have a couple of writers or commentators here and there to talk about the NBA in general. And for the most part, again, obviously we talk about basketball, but we like to talk about the stuff around basketball, whether it's music, fashion, weird quirks that happen on the team plane, things of that nature. So if you want to sit on the couch with us or act like you're sitting on the couch with us, hit the subscribe button and the follow button, and everything should be good from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a subscriber to to the YouTube channel, and you know, uh, I think it, it's a perfect uh, peek behind the curtain of you know the life of NBA players, and you know, on and off the court. So, you know, again, Harrison, man, I just want to thank you for 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 coming on, and you know, just just thank you for for you really just just putting on for 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 the people who look like us out here in the basketball community, and you know, really, really, really taking the the content game to the next level. And so when you talk about, you know, there, there's so much stuff going on, there's so much content, there's so many blogs, like I think that it's very important to have that, you know, direct-to-consumer content that you guys are given with the, uh, with the Inside the Green Room, with the Danny Green podcast, with everything that you all are doing. So, you know, for, for you to be a part of that, I think that, that, that that's something that's very cool and, and it's, a, it's a look into the future of what sports journalism is going to be going forward. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing how things have evolved. If you would have asked me when I was a teenager, when I always wanted to be in sports media, if you would have told me I would have been doing a podcast with the bas with the NBA basketball player, and that would be, you know, wouldn't be out the norm in terms of the way the media has goes, I would have been shocked. But uh, it's been fun, and we continue to plan on doing such. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
All right, now, man. Hey, hey, right, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get up. Hopefully, I'll make it out to L.A., but if not, man, I'll see you when you're back in D.C., and, 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 and I'll definitely make sure to be sending those subscribers your way so so, so, so that these people can check out uh, uh, what, everything that you guys got going over there at Spectrum Sports. Sounds That sounds good with me. Uh, maybe maybe when they go to D.C., I'll make a stop at Ben's or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what's man, good. Hey. <laughs> Ben's ben, ben, ben is, is a DC staple, though, man. I know what's good. I know what's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Like Gilbert Arenas, now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a stripper like fucking. They just trying to make some bucks. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I wanna ball like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl, she went shot for the team. I was in high school dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl, she went shot for the team. I was in high school dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.